0: You're listening to the Toy Photographers Podcast, the official podcast of toyphotographers.com. On this show, we talk to people around the world who are turning Lego, action figures, miniatures, custom creations, and more into amazing works of art. Hey, photographers. Hey, toy enthusiasts. This is Lord Joshua, the podcast editor. I just wanted to give you a heads up. Parents, perhaps preview this episode before turning your kids loose on it, although there's no foul language in it. Uh, there are some more heavy and adult themes discussed. Also, we did experience some technical difficulties. However, the conversation was just too fantastic to attempt to re-record. So without further ado, Shelly and Christina.
1: Welcome to the Toy Photographer's official podcast. My name is Christina Alexanderson, and um, I'm once again joined by my dear friend Shelly Corbett and we are going to talk about photography and doing photos on the theme mythology. Welcome, Shelley, how are you?
2: I'm good, Christina, thanks for having me back.
1: I'm the one who's going to say thank you. Thank you for letting me be with you in the part of being just in the community. This is always such an honor to have you as a
2: guest. It's uh, always a pleasure to have these conversations with you, Christina, because they, they always keep me on my toes.
1: Yeah, you always say that, and I always guess I always blush when you say that. <laughs> True. Uh, we have the theme of mythology today. How did you work around that? Did you have a, a, a red? Line to work on, or was it hard, or any difficulties?
2: I I loved this theme. I thought it was really rich and a lot of possibilities. So I did actually do a little bit of research and and came up with some ideas that I was I was pretty happy with. I ended yeah. up going with the one that had the best uh, Lego model, though. So I kind of <laughs> <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> yeah.
1: I thought about that when I did my images. I should have worked with a different figure. It would have been more subtle, more more realistic, more down to the myth. <laughs> but that's,
2: I guess that's part of the challenge of, of reinterpreting these stories, these um, archetypical stories, archety- archetype stories. It's yeah. something that is... Modern and using the toys as a way to, to to update, change, reflect upon those stories. So I I I like the choice of figure you use.
1: <laughs> no, thank you. I, I used my my own safety blanket. <laughs> Oh, I picked him through out of the window where he's had been standing since the last time I did a toy photo. It was from the last podcast, and then I took him outside this morning and I did the image. So I was really—I had a difficulty to to get. I didn't have any difficulty to decide what myth I was going for, but I had some difficulty to find the inspiration to actually do the work.
2: <laughs> well, these are difficult times and inspiration doesn't always strike when you want it to. It's just things are really upside down and I, I hear it from a lot of people on in all walks of life that inspiration and creativity is uh, a finite resource right now, it feels like
1: yeah and that's one of the reasons where i why i have held so dearly to the podcast because i thought it makes me go out and actually do images because then i have this deadline i have you waiting to talk to me about it it will be fun and i will look at other people's images and so it has been a a loophole in the creative aspect but this morning it was really cold in the water, and I felt, oh, this is the way it is to do toy photos in winter
2: time. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> but you did it, and it was worth the effort.
1: Yeah, it was. It was really worth the effort. Uh, and I think it's important to find, I think that's one of the most important part of this to actually meet or have an opportunity to meet around images, to talk about images. Tell me, you took a myth that maybe isn't the first one I've thought about. Tell me, how did you make the choice? Why did you go for that myth?
2: Well. It's definitely one that's attracted to me in the past, and I chose Leda and the Swan, which is a story of Zeus, who was a known philanderer, and his shtick his was transforming into animals and seducing young women that he found. Uh, a story where he turned into a swan. Yeah and had his way with Lida. And it was pretty funny when I went and was researching other, other people who have taken their, their spin on this, this myth. Um, I saw a lot of images that I can't unsee now.
1: <laughs> I agree. I have the same experience looking through, through the, the images and the ideas that other people have done around this myth. Who is Lida?
2: Uh uh I honestly don't know. So, beautiful young maiden. Yeah. Bought it on the side of a river. Zeus falls in love and he gets he gets somebody else to help which is really the creepier part. He gets another goddess to help him yeah, transform and to seduce her, which is like you know Considering the, the news headlines of the last year or so, I just, after I took this photo, which honestly I'm really, I'm happy with the photo, I'm very happy with it, and I'm happy with, um, I'm kind of excited about exploring mythology more, but after I took this photo and I was driving home, I was thinking, what? What? What did I just do? That, that's all wrong. This is basically—he <sighs> raped her, and a woman, another woman, helped him do it, and she's got a happy look on her face. I totally like chose the wrong face. I wish I'd had a different face on her. That's that was like, ah, uh, but I didn't have time to redo it. So here we go talking about how inappropriate this whole story is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah um uh, she's actually the mother of uh, the beautiful helena who know we know from the, the the war in troya and she's also the mother of cleomestra uh, the wife of agamemnon that kills him because he he sacrificed a daughter <laughs> to get wind to actually sail to Troya.
2: <laughs> it's so. This is so twisted. I need like a family tree or something. Yeah, it's
1: super twisted. Uh, tell me about your image. You, how? Uh, you, tell tell us what what does it portray? How did you portray this mythology? So this is a a
2: Lego mini build of a of a swan and it's got these great arms that come out and what I've done is it it's the swan fills the frame more than normally I would do so they're were really close in and it's a very abstract very uh white blurry form of a swan with the arms outstretched and enveloping around Lita who is in front of him where it's a scantily clad mini Lego figure in front of him looking up so it's kind of that moment of the first embrace yeah
1: I I love that you have chosen the moment of embrace especially in the time of corona where we can't actually embrace strangers or Go close. You have chosen to actually portray the moment where you, a stranger, gets really, 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 really close to another stranger. <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost like a hug. I really like that. Um, and it's a really beautiful bokeh on the in the background on the back side of the swan. It almost like
2: looks like feathers in the sun. I saw saw the same thing when I looked at it. I really felt like those were feathers. Yeah. The texture is really interesting in how it reflects the figure.
1: And it's really beautiful because it makes it almost come alive. Even though it's so plastic and it's so toyish, it really gives a new dimension to the figure and the situation and almost gets it to feel warm. And she looks so happy and so... Satisfied with his or the swan's uh, interest, uh, and in many of the images of of this, you can see that the woman, or the uh, is kind of. Satisfied. It's really pornographic. The, the images I've seen online. I, oh, exactly. Uh, uh, and uh, when I've seen them, I thought, "Oh, Shelly really went over the over the top here, doing images of something she usually doesn't do. <laughs> this is
2: almost intercourse." <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly, because that's what the story is all about. Yeah, it is. Yeah, truly. Uh, You chose a
1: a figure that's uh, almost uh, undressed. Why did you do
2: that? Because if you're a swan and you're going to fall in love with a scantily clad woman, she better be scantily clad. (laughs) Uh, But it's it's Leia's body um, from the... I don't know when she was slave Leia body Um, in in um, with the hood, and I thought about that as well. I was go go on, go on. (laughs) Well, it seemed like the natural choice because it's like that because that scene is so gratuitous of her being dressed like that. I, I mean, it's it's awful, and so it seemed like a really appropriate body for this.
1: Yeah, and I thought about that because you made the mess actually come to Star Wars as well. Thinking about this monstrous Jabba the Hutt as this patriarchal figure, almost controlling and raping her as a woman, it it all you put a new layer into that uh, scenery and that situation in the Star Wars saga.
2: Well, it really is the male ignorance that thinks that a big ugly beast of a man, a a, a hot young chick, is going to be into him. I mean. That really is the arrogance, right? Yeah, but you, uh,
1: but that's the same in the swan. Why? Why would I be interested in a swan? <laughs> exactly. exactly.
2: I mean, it's a big feathery beast, and in some levels, are a little scary. Yeah, really
1: scary. Haven't I told you the story about me and swans?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I missed that one.
1: Yeah, uh, when I was a small child maybe four three or four years old uh we were uh, in the in the summer we had during the summer we had uh, rented a house by the by the sea and there was a family of swans and they had so cute small chickens and i wanted to actually pet them but the swan attacked me and bait bit me so i'm
2: really scared of swans <laughs> And the swan was probably about the same size as you were yeah. at that age. Yeah. That would be so frightening.
1: Yeah, and they get so huge when they uh, protect uh, their children or their the babies. Yeah. So, so seeing your image with that reference, I really think that I would have been
2: super scared if I were the figure in front of this one. <laughs> exactly. So that was like, why does she have this happy face? That yeah. was really why I drove away going, why is she happy with the situation? This yeah, is... Why, why is she happy with the situation, Shelley? <laughs> Give me some answers. I don't have any because it's all wrong. It's it's it is it's a myth. It's a story we tell ourselves. But if you really dissect that story and look at what's going on, which is a predatory male, you know, having his way because women are there only for his pleasure, regardless of what he looks like. I mean, no, she's the story we tell ourselves is she's happy. She wants to do this because she's been chosen she's been anointed she's been made special but in reality it's like no she's probably just putting on a happy face so she can get out of there alive yeah probably and we never
1: tell the myths that from that perspective but we can we can if we redo them we use them in our photography and now with toy photography we
2: can actually use them to remake and rethink the myths yeah, it's really powerful, and it really plays off what we were talking about last time with the with the photos not taken. If of you have this amazing possibilities of taking these toys and reimagining them, and really bringing some interesting insight into the human condition that yeah. you don't have with people.
1: Yeah, and if the if the viewer can see something else than a toy in the image, they will also feel that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's like the toys are like this um, bait and switch. Here, I'm giving you this cute little toy photo. It's just a picture of a toy. But in reality, it is a condemnation of rape culture. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you just have to think about it. (laughs) And you have to know your mythology. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I man, I'm so um fascinated now by this whole idea because I'm like it's so rich. This this whole storyline is so rich. I I'm I'm definitely going to have to go back and and do some more research and find some other ideas
1: because the mythologies we have always used them in contemporary art through Ages, I mean, I'm thinking all all the time that we we use these mythologies or these stories to talk about humanity, what it is to be a human person, ma- human being, uh, what and how we want to be treated, and how we are supposed to treat others, and it says something about our culture because we retell them in different ways and we use them in different ways in different uh, settings
2: yeah but somewhere along the line i think we sort of lost lost the, what the, what their real message was
1: maybe or maybe we maybe we didn't maybe the the lens we look upon them just, changes over time over culture, over reality thinking about it through the lens of uh, ancient uh, culture, the woman hadn't ha- didn't have a part other than being the prob- uh, the person that was supposed to carry the children and bringing the family to the next generation and that's the part she plays in all the, most of the myths but they are myths of Strong women as well, so you can find them, but they are usually not that pleasant or nice
2: yeah no one wants a, no one likes an uppity woman right
1: no and maybe maybe that's part of a culture expression as well something that we it's part of the theal culture that we actually have in our heritage from these myths. So we, need to look, so we need to talk about them through a critical
2: lens. Yes, we do, but first we have to know them. So a lower reading needs to be done.
1: Yeah, um, and I think it's important to actually have this common knowledge to talk about the common references that we Y- y- actually share and we can have them to look upon ourselves and our way we live. And I use the myths in that context. I have always de- done it in-, in my toy photography. Um, so so I think it's a, a really deep dwell or deep uh, pound of... Um, Inspiration you can find there, especially during times like these when people have difficulty to find inspiration Go to the myths go to to the stories that we have told during centuries during thousands of years See what you can redo with them and what you can tell for stories about
2: yourself or being a human through them Good advice Christina. So uh, which brings us to what myth did you choose?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 as I said last time we talked, I, I thought of doing, I have this amazing image in my, at least in my mind it's amazing, uh, in my catalogue of images of, um, of Aegeus uh, uh, sending off his boy on the Argonaut going to kill the Minotaurus I really love that image and I thought maybe I should go for that because it's taking in the middle of summer middle of the night and I can just bring it up to the surface and I have an opportunity to actually show people and tell people what I actually wanted to portray with that image but it ended up with me going out this morning doing a new image and uh, I thought. I would go for the lack of light and the lack of uh, and the lack of um, sun and lack of everything that we have in Sweden this time of year. So I went out this morning and uh, used a puddle and made a river, and wanted to portray the river of sticks. the river that we use, or in the myth that the people that have died actually travels through to come to hades not just the god but the 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 place or the country where the re- dead people s- seems to live in, in the stories so i actually did a image of styx and it's um, to tell everybody what it looks like it's really blue <laughs> dark blue and black and uh, uh, the most of the image is blue and black and uh, on the right hand side there is some sort of boat with a figure in it with his back turned to us going towards a small light that is in the forefront and there is a small um, kind of a snaky twirl in the water going on the other side, and have two diagonals going towards the light that is not in the center, but a bit to the left, but almost in the center. And the rest of the image is just black and blue.
2: I love this image. I think it's one of your best. Um, I think so, too. (laughs) It's rare that you come across an image that you literally just want to stare at and i know this is a podcast and it's like i really feel bad that you guys aren't anyone who's listening to this has not had the ability to to stare at this so i highly recommend stopping by the blog and taking a quick look at this and obviously we'll have it on all social media but it's uh in its its simplicity it's uh has so much to draw you in and it feels very much like a painting to me, more so than your other images. And those squiggles, I look—I keep coming back to those little squiggles in the water. Like I don't know, they're like maybe they're bubbles or they're a little bit of the surface uh, substrate poking through. It's hard to tell, but they're mesmerizing because they—the the lines on either side are darker blue, and then it's lighter blue in the middle, and and those lines the difference where the dark blue versus the ever so slightly lighter dark blue meet. There's these lines that go straight back to this a little bit of a half moon shape and the squiggles are pointing towards it and the boat is pointing that and you just feel like you're literally just drawn like the river slowly pull towards <sighs> this light. It's really crazily excellently cool. executed in that puddle
1: thank you <laughs> i have to tell you where i've done it, <laughs> you did it down the street, did you? yeah i did it down the street <laughs> i have i have the school on the right hand side and the houses on the left hand side and actually the black side on the the, the right hand side is actually the uh, uh, the uh, the end of the street so where the cars are supposed to park, you know. <laughs> so and it's the curb is that what you yeah, yeah, it's the curb. And the other the black on the other side is actually the houses that I have torn torn down. So you see the houses, the road of road of the houses reflecting in the water.
2: Yeah I've been to the street and so I kind of know what she's talking about, but you cannot imagine a more pedestrian, <laughs> uh, uninspiring location to take a photo in your life. Mm. Yeah, here is yeah. this incredible beauty, which really does go address the point that you literally have no idea what you're doing when you're doing macro or this kind of photography until you get down on the ground. And look because the world changes when you change your point of view,
1: yeah, t- totally too actually, yeah, it's uh, yeah, but I'm really, really pleased with this image i it came out I, and when I looked through my images, I've taken maybe twenty, and I thought, oh, I'll go for this one, I'll, this will work, <laughs> and then i re re I just changed the colors a bit in the no. I didn't just change the color. I made it more black and more blue, and
2: yeah. No, good choices, good editing choices. They really, they really. When when this popped up um, in the email this morning, I'm like, oh, she did the river sticks. I mean, it reads instantly as that.
1: Yeah, I. Yeah, but that was my my intention as well. So, so I was really thinking about it, and I went out early early in the morning to have really a lot of darkness
2: so what's so great about this particular myth um, and the whole idea of Chiron I don't know if this is how you say it the, the river master the boat master and, and the crossing over and the passage from life to death I mean that just that idea is so rich that you could do any toy with it and it's still going to be profound yeah so i know you were like concerned about your toy choice which is you know your your favorite stormtrooper <laughs> but,
1: um
2: there's i i don't think there's any toy you could put in there that isn't going to work
1: no i think everybody i think all toys work
2: in this uh setting yeah i agree okay so I just pop. A thought popped into my head, which is that this is um, this is our final podcast together, and in some ways, this is your stormtroopers. This is his final call. Yeah,
1: it is. At least for now.
2: Yeah, it's, this is. He's crossing over from his active toy photography life to a to another life.
1: Yeah yeah we'll see.
2: Wow, <laughs> I'm so sad. Yeah.
1: He has left me before, so it isn't the first time
2: <laughs> no but what a what a beautiful and fitting end, regardless of if you pick him back up again. This is just a really uh, a. I mean he's been he's been with you for so long he's given you so many amazing photos you've been on so many adventures together and this is a this is a fitting transition and farewell. Yeah,
1: I'm pleased with the result anyway.
2: I'm pleased for you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Always. <laughs> and oh, yes. uh, uh, should we go to the community submissions? Or, um...
2: Yeah. Yeah. The community really stepped up. I mean, it was. I really enjoyed the images that people brought brought to the brought to the table they really were absolutely fascinating and and interesting there's a handful of them but they put a lot of thought into it and and i appreciate that so much
1: me too i really thought it was so fun to see what people actually did with this uh, theme i love the the image uh, of um uh, the cyclops, uh, say the in Swedish, cyclopen and Oedipus. I love that story. I tell it for my children over and over. And I'm I'm not a humorous person, but I love the humor in that situation where he actually pretend that he's nobody, <laughs> and by doing that, he he sheets the, the the giant and gets out of his cave with his men uh, and I love the way people have used different myths not only Greek myths but also the myth of the the snake in Eden and I've seen images of Icarus that I really adore and I've seen images of the minotaur but we didn't choose one of those or at least not in to, to begin with uh, we chose one of the images of a myth uh, that, we, that I usually don't see portrayed this way. At least I read it as the myth of Sisyphus. Uh, and when I think about the myth of Sisyphus, he's uh, really struggling with a huge ball of, um, of uh, a rock over a cliff. And this figure seems to be rolling a small marble on a bigger um, rock so I thought it was a play with the myth and I really like that it's a a low-key image and the light it's lighted from behind with uh, one light I would say and it comes on the marble and on the figure so that he is in the shadow and I only see the part of the silhouette and the uh, profile of the figure and then i see the rock and i see part of the the structure of the rock and he's rolling this small marble like sisyphus is rolling this huge rock once he comes to the top it falls down and he has to start over again he's forever punished by the gods to roll this rock up and down <laughs> on a hill, and when I tell my children this story, they say, "Why, why does he do that? Why doesn't he just stop?"
2: <laughs> what do you say? Why? She's condemned. He's condemned. I, I love this photo as well. I love the low key aspect of it. I love the fact that the figure is only outlined with the key light, and it it could be anyone. It's it, it's not a specific figure. I liked the play of the small rock on the large rock, but I really liked what uh, the artist had said. It said, Albert Camus claims that he, as he watched Sisyphus descending the hill in order to collect the rock, we must imagine him happy. Yeah. Maybe that also ploys to toy photographers because we are always... Because when you stand up, your toys are always falling down. It's just always It's always the same dilemma of... Getting them to do what you want—it's—it's they never ever do what you want, and—and and it was but, just that image of Sisyphus looking back down the hill, that twist that made me think of that. Not only we always think of the—the the imagery of the—the the myth of him rolling it up, but how does he feel when he turns around and he watches it roll down? And he has to walk down and get it.
1: He—he he has to do it I I out don't of. Don't he's condemned to do it you say we do it out of passion passion for the story, passion for the toy passion for the situation, passion for the idea, passion for the result, passion to share, passion to see it passion to actually
2: remake something I mean you could broaden it out and say that every single day every single one of us is Sisyphus and we get up And we have to do it all over again. Yeah. Thing is that. So the question is: Is when you get up and you're faced with doing it all over again, and you have to push your rock up the hill, are you going to do it with a sense of joy, or are you going to do it with a sense of dread? And that is a choice. And that's what I loved about this image is that we are left at choice. I think it's beautiful.
1: And I think it's one part that we haven't uh, touched on. It's a reflection of the rock in the marble. I love that aspect of the image. It's so well crafted. He, every detail is thought through doing this image.
2: Well, it doesn't surprise me. It's Tobias and he really does think about all of the details of his image and it, and it shows through. Because even if this is a, a simple image of a marble on a rock with a with a toy, is that juxtaposition of those three images, the choice of the light, the choice of what's illuminated and what isn't, is that's where the artistry lies. Yeah, we
1: we we talked about another image, and I, I when I looked at it, I thought of Sisyphus as well, of this Mister Incredible holding up the Death Star, but. Talking with you about it, I realised no, it isn't. uh, Sisyphus is uh, um, um, alluding to—he's actually thinking about Atlas holding up the Earth. (laughs) And the Earth in the toy community—you said it so well, Shelley. (laughs) You said the Earth is always Star Wars.
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Sunny. Sunny's image just—I—I I know that's—I—I I have no idea what his intention was, but when I read it, okay, so it's Mr. Incredible from the the Incredibles movies, and he's holding up this giant model of the Death Star. And I read that, and I'm like, oh, that's just—and it's the story of Atlas holding up the world, right? I get that, but it's also to me it's like, oh, it's every other toy out there, which there are tons of them, and we're all holding up this. Dead weight of Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. And I'm like, yep, yep, that's it. <laughs> I'm going to get some hate mail for that one, but that's okay. And it's a superhero
1: doing that. And it's Heavy and it's really, really tiresome. You can really see Atlas in that image to see how heavy the burden is to hold up the earth <laughs> or the sky.
2: Maybe it is the sky that Atlas holds up. <laughs> no, I know that one was really, a, as a toy photographer, that one was profound, but maybe not on the level that that he meant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's uh, it's a funny image. Uh, uh, I really I love the the details of. The, uh, I think it's I think it's amazing. <laughs> I think it's so funny to actually connect these two giants. Uh, they own. I know that uh, Disney owns Pixar and Disney owns Star Wars and kind of all of it is this huge. Um, mythology of uh, goth uh, gods as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was it was a good it was a good play and a really good use of toys and just all the different layer layers of, of Star Wars and other properties and Disney and Star Wars crushing out everybody else. Yeah, yeah. But that's that. I guess that is. The, the key here is how you can use toys in a way to unlock these multiple layers that just haven't even begun to scratch the surface of, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, but why don't you think, why do you think we only have scratched, we haven't even scratched the surface doing this?
2: Well, two things come to mind. One, it's super easy to just go recreate someone else's work. I mean, it doesn't get any easier than that, right? Boom, done. Oh, I saw a movie still. I'm going to recreate it. Oh, cool. Yay, that was beautiful. Loved it that you did it with toys. Okay, great. But, And the other one um, is it's, it's hard. And people don't necessarily want to do hard. And you're not rewarded for doing hard in a world where... People give every image a nanosecond before they move on. But
1: isn't this also part of recreating someone else's
2: work? Right, but they're putting their own spin on it.
1: Yeah, but but I would say that they do that. That people do that when they recreate movies as well, don't they? Isn't part of it why we only have we not even scratched the surface. Isn't part of that, at least from my perspective, that we don't actually talk about this? This isn't a top of mind. The myths is deeper down or in the childhood or something that we have heard about, but don't really have top of mind.
2: Probably. Probably it's just not an opportunity to to talk and we're not creating groups where we're sitting around and and talking about the effects of Greek Greek and Roman mythology on pop culture and how those themes are recreated in the movies that we devour every summer Yeah,
1: yeah we seem not to talk about the meaning or the inspiration of the work that we recreate maybe that's part of it I don't know I'm just thinking, I'm just trying to send out some ideas, food for thought.
2: But isn't that part of what we've we've been trying to do for the last few months is create a space for anybody who isn't so inspired to take a deeper look, take a deeper dive into their photos and reach a little deeper either into their own stories or into the stories that are that have shaped our society. And when I mean our society, I mean the human race. And and take a deeper look at those through yeah. this amazing medium. Mm, yeah, I haven't thought about it in that
1: big context. I've thought about it from my own small perspective, thinking that it's an opportunity for me to, to actually lift the questions or the, the wonderers that I always bring to the table and i want to talk about it, but i don't find any context to actually have this conversation about
2: that's why we created our own christina mm-hmm. yeah i know and
1: <laughs> we have a third image from the community from a very small worlds uh, it's a remake of um, Icarus or the story of Icarus it's called Daedalus remembers and it's actually a diptych that is combined by four images maybe it isn't a diptych then but it but it's a triptych and a single image I would say it's a diptych (laughs) Uh, of uh, the story of um Icarus or the, the father making the wings for them to leave the, the labyrinth on, uh, with the Minotaurus and uh, how the boy actually finds the wind and feels the freedom and flies high and gets all the freedom he wants to and gets all close to the sun and get burned and fall down and die. And uh, on the second image, uh, there is uh, this Lego figure lying on the floor, really bright, really warm and sweet, really, really warm light. uh, And and there is nothing in the background and he's bending over some paper or maybe it's the feathers of Icarus. what's left of Icarus' wings. I, I think this is a, such a beautiful way of telling the story from the perspective of the father.
2: This is probably my favorite entry of all the entries. And when I first saw it, I was I was profoundly moved. Just the the three images in the first frame, which tells the story of the creation and the fitting, and then the... Icarus moving out onto his winged adventure, and then when you hit the little tab on Instagram, and you go to the next one. You see the bereft father over, which we're assuming are the all that's left is the wings that fell to the ground, and it's like yeah. so, and it's so minimalist, and maybe that's where the the true power comes from. There's there's very little detail, and it is a powerful set of images.
1: Yeah, it's. Um it tells the story so well and you as a parent you can really feel this the, the sadness and the despair of daedalus and his remembrance and i always think about this myth uh, from the perspective uh, the perspective of the the parent giving the opportunity to which we do we as parents do we we give our children the opportunities we can to give them the best life they can get and he tries to do that and it ends in a
2: disaster and that's the every parent's nightmare (laughs) it is every parent's nightmare because literally that's what you're doing metaphorically building wings for your children to fly yeah and then to realize that all that effort, all it did was kill what you loved the most. I mean, bereft would be just a, a very simple word to use. I mean, it's, your whole world would fall apart. How do you mm. how do you recover from that? I put but in the mess. <laughs> <that> Drivelos <Dragulus laughs> keeps on
1: working, recreating and remaking and re reimagining or making new innovations. He he was still what he. Give, so give, that doesn't give up his work he's he has, just keep on doing stuff
2: the third image in the first set of three of just all it is is the the, uh, the cathedral type window or door brightly lit and the character is backlit and you see the translucent nature of the wings and it's just it's just the epitome and just a very quick brush stroke of of just hope and anticipation and opportunity and magic. I mean, it's like all there in just this black and nearly black and white image. It's really, I I really love this uh, Very Small Worlds and everything that they have done, the whole, I highly recommend anyone to go check out the feed because there's just lots of little gems and, and joy in these small little figures, it's lovely.
1: Yeah, it's really beautiful. And looking at it, you can see that it alludes to the Christianity and the angels, and and they're all. And you can see that he's going to the next, to the to the next life, to the heaven, and he's kind of fulfilled with it. I really love that image as well. Yeah.
2: Don't go into the light. <laughs>
1: yeah truly you just want to shout that
2: <laughs> oh my gosh well that uh, wow uh, so I, I think we started the conversation with it there's so much potential here yeah it
1: is where will you go next will you do more mythology in your work
2: I, I think I might. I I actually do think I might. Um, I did two images for this one, the one that I showed you, Lita and the Swan, and I also did another one of um, Pegasus leaping from the severed head of Medusa. And as we were talking before we, we started recording, it, it made me realize that that also is the light and the dark and the beauty and the ugly and how beauty often... Um, will spring from the ugly. I mean, it th- makes me think of the story of the ugly duckling. And I mean, there's just always that idea of transformation. Yeah. I'm like, wow,
1: man, the... I need to do this more often. <laughs> the metamorphosis. <laughs>
2: Yeah. No, I think uh, I. Yeah, I I really. Um, I'm inspired. I really am inspired because I was thinking. I was thinking, huh? I was thinking, oh, if we're gonna do this again, I mean, what would what other genre out there that we could mine that would be this rich? And I came up with a big fat blank. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: But but uh, yeah, but looking at art history and seeing photography as part of a, a a tradition of doing images of stories, Uh, you can see that artists have always drawn from the mythology to make images and work and to actually talk about the context of their own contemporary time.
2: Yeah, and all those stories that we are drawn to, they all spring from this as well. I mean, these are the original stories.
1: Yeah, truly, truly. So we can see more mythology in in your feed on, on social media. Then, yeah.
2: oh yeah, <laughs> it's gonna take me a while to to wrap my head around it. I'm I'm moving. I, this, the 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 photos come so slow. I feel like I'm really at a at a very. I'm working at a high level of creativity right now. But then I look at my output and I'm like. Wow, that that's not much. But I feel really good about the ones I'm taking. They just take forever to get out.
1: Yeah, but, but isn't
2: that isn't that part of knowing
1: how to do the craft? Not trying all the time, just knowing and then you do when you go out and do it you actually get the result you need or want.
2: Yeah. I, I really do think that's a lot of it. People are think, oh, you have to just photo take photos, 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 photos. But I think at some point you reach a level where you really have to think more. You've mastered the craft. The craft is, you know, you've got that. You know what your look is. You know what your your style, you, you, you have those and they come really naturally to you. And it's when you get to that point, then you have to like dig a little deeper and you have to spend, I think, a little bit more time just being still and letting the image... Yeah, I think that's
1: important to, that's important to share with people so they know that even though you don't get all these images made, you actually can do photography in a slower process and just thinking about them as well is is a way of doing
2: photography. More going on in your subconscious than I think any of us give us any credit for and allowing yourself the space to be quiet, to take the earbuds out, to to think and look at other images, maybe that inspire or bring ideas and concepts into your life that are maybe unfamiliar, like mythology it bubbles up. Cause I mean, like you, I, I, I thought about this. I mean, we've we, last time we were like six weeks ago, anything until thursday and wednesday i put my I put my f- things together and then i went down and i was done within an hour with two hours and i'm really happy so the-
1: and maybe preparation is uh, a big part of doing photography uh, uh, because once you actually have learned the craft it's more preparation and more thinking about it, that makes the image work for you.
2: Yeah, I think so. Hmm?
1: Maybe we should end on that note, Shelley. Where can people find these images when they want to look at
2: them? We'll, we'll have them on the blog, a little write-up, and we'll include all the images that we talked about here with links to all the artists so that you can go and look at all the other images that these amazing artists have created, and we'll also um, links to where you can find Christina and I, and especially since Christina is going to go off and do more (laughs) self-portraits. And
1: uh, you have to tell everybody about the meetup as well, you're planning.
2: Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I got got snickered, I got pressured, I'm going to do it. I am hosting a online meetup on in january something to look forward to since depending on where you live in the world you may either going into lockdown or coming out of it uh january 8th 9th and 10th and the reason it's going over the three days is we're trying to accommodate everything from my time zone all the way to australia so it's pretty much probably going to be going round the clock oh <laughs> and what are we going to do Well, you don't have, it's open. It's free. We have, um, eight or nine presenters that will each are going to take an hour and talk about something. We have lighting and toy sharing and natural light, uh, probably a lens baby demonstration. Uh, we've got someone who's going to show people how to take photos in the cold. Christina, maybe you should Come in for that one. Maybe I should. (laughs) Uh, And because that's one place you can be safe is outside right now. And then it's going to be some social time and there's going to be some collaborative opportunities. There's going to be a $50 raffle at the end of the weekend that for everyone who's pre-registered and actually shows up for something at some point will be in the running for. And I think we're going to try to create a few six image narratives with the group. And then we'll, the, there will probably be a prize associated with that. And then all, that's, all that content will end up on the blog. Aren't you going to have a live blog?
1: Um, a live pod? Aren't you going to have a live pod? Because I'm a volunteer to do a live pod um, on the toy photographer's meetup. So what do you mean? You want to... Don't you want to do a live pod?
2: Oh, you mean like... A
1: podcast live... Like this, and oh. having people around sending in images or questions, and we can talk about them live. And people actually can almost see us talking.
2: Well, we could. I mean, if that's if you are, are you, Christina, are you I'm offering volunteering? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, I guess I probably put a, a few. So, if, so, if it's people want to send us images. They're, okay how about this um, this is mine I suggest if you want to do that <laughs> she, she hasn't but she wasn't prepared for this <laughs> i'm totally I'm like you caught me completely off guard it would be like your your favorite image from 2020 and tell us why you liked it and then we're going to tell you why we like it:
1: yeah, that's a good one. I love that okay all right everyone Thank you. And you have to do one as well, Shelley. You have to do one that you really love, or maybe you have to choose one. You can do one, or you can—no, you have to do a new one that you really love. And I'll do one as well that I really
2: love. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. Cho- I'm gonna look back over the year. I'm gonna. I'm I gonna reflect done. on the year because I think this I've is a reflection.
1: So, I've done so little work, so
2: I then to go for a self-portrait. <laughs> yeah, why not? I I I think it people could send anything in. Um I would be open to that and but they have to tell us why they like it and then we can tell them why we like it. Okay. I I'm in for that. I can okay. I can take whatever I- image I have done
1: during 2020. You can do whatever. Not a, even a, you don't have to do a toy photo. You
2: can do whatever. Exactly. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, it open, so we'll we'll talk about anything, um, just I hope everyone will remember, remember that we're um, just two women who love photography, and that's all we have going for us no, we have much much more going for us
1: <laughs> Hi, have you know what all, I... <laughs> all, all, I have... <laughs> all the people that love listening to us <laughs> All 10 of them. <laughs> you shouldn't be little use yourself. Shelley, you are the queen of toy photography.
2: Well, Christina, I love you. And thank you for saying that. Oh, you're welcome.
1: So we'll, si-
2: you can sign up for a, a live podcast. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do a live podcast and we'll, uh, I will at least be on screen so everyone can see what this looks like on my end. You can choose to. Be
1: I'll on be on screen as well. I'll make sure that I have a,
2: a line into the computer, so I'll sit okay. on the in the attic. And we'll um, that that'll be fun. And then we'll set up that time. And um, I'm getting ready, Yana, and it's helping me with the scheduling. So we're going to reach out to all the presenters, and they will pick the spot that's best for them. And then we'll uh, then we can. Um, publish the the schedule and then people can just drop in for the sessions that they want and like I say, it's free um, trying to just connect people who want to be connected and there's some people who are signing up for all three days because they're not going to miss one thing
0: and
2: they're going to just drop in when they can because it's COVID and we're all struggling it. but we just want an opportunity to, for people to share Yeah, it will be fun it will be fun. I'm looking forward to this. I have, this was totally unexpected. I had no idea. <laughs>
1: me neither. <laughs> Shelley thinks that I have planned everything in forehand, but I haven't.
2: <laughs> and that's a good friendship when you can continue to surprise me.
1: Yeah. Uh, so next time me and Shelley will be online uh, is uh, in the meetup area. Uh, you'll find it on the blog. And look through the images and find inspiration by reading and revisiting the mythology of our ancient times and the new
2: times as well. And until then, thank you, Shelley. Thank you, Christina. And thank you, Josh. And thank you to all our listeners. We, we couldn't do this without you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so
0: much for listening. You can find new episodes of this podcast and articles on creativity and toy photography on our website, toyphotographers.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star review. That will help spread the word about the show and help us get noticed. You can find us on Facebook at Toy Photographers, on Twitter at Toy Photo Blog, and on Instagram at underscore Toy Photographers underscore. But if you really want to connect with us, check out our MeWe community. You can find the link to it in the show notes for this episode and on the blog. This week's show is produced by Shelley Corbett and Christina Alexanderson. Music for this week's episode is courtesy of freemusicarchive.org, and our podcast editor is Josh Kittleson. I'm James Garcia. You can find me on Instagram at therealjames 23 For everyone here at Toy Photographers, thanks for listening. See you next time.